Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back, Lions heading to Miami to play the Dolphins, but before we get to that, Grifka, what's going on buddy? Hey man, thanks God, it's Friday man, it means it's the weekend. <laughs> you love the TGIFs, Grifka, but uh, what kind of news and notes you got uh, Lions-wise? Anything uh, just on top of your mind, on, on the tip of your tongue today? Yeah, I know uh, this happened a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I don't think we ever really discussed it. But uh, what do you think about uh, John Bonamingo coming back as the special teams coordinator? So, Grifka, I think you had asked me about this before. And, like, everybody makes a big deal of me. The only time you notice them is when people take it to the heezy, when a guy drops a punt, when the guy snaps it over the guy's head. Bonamingo, I mean, he seemed to do well, I guess, when he was here. He was kind of respected. He went to college. Now he's coming back. I mean, I don't think it's a huge plus or minus, but uh, hopefully – you know, they're just solid in that area from a fundamental standpoint. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I uh, remember his special teams uh, when he was here. He, um, they, they seemed to be, uh, they, I think, in the top ten, actually, when he was the coach here and then, uh, you know, went to coaches Alma Bond or, you know, Central Michigan. Um, I was what, Like you said, it's, I, I don't think it's that big a deal anymore, especially on kickoffs. Um, and like I said, the only time you notice is, like, when you're expecting something regular to happen, like extra point. You know, uh, you know, just cover the punt and something bad happens. So, but uh, hopefully it's one of those things where, you know, they it's they cut down on the penalties like they did the second half of the year after they fired their special teams coach and, uh, you know, everything. You know, the blocking on extra points, field goals, things like that. You know, kind of, you know, maintains where it was in the second half of the season. So, um, it's it's I guess it's kind of nice to have him back. Uh, one other quick question for you. I know this isn't Lions, but uh, that. New uh, Alliance of American Football starts this uh, weekend. I believe it was at uh, Saturday night. Or uh, so, uh, you interested in watching any of that? Oh, that's a good question, man. I'm uh, I am interested. I'm definitely going to uh, check it out or record it and try to catch it later. I mean, to me, it's football, and I've always agreed with why. Why does the most popular sport in America stop? And, you know, and then not come back. Uh, it's a great opportunity to continue. You know, it just depends at what level. I'm curious to kind of look over those rosters and see if I can find, you know, probably a couple handfuls of players that I'm interested in or that I want to keep notes on, something like that. But, hey, man, it's football. What I'm really excited about, Grifka, is the XFL in 2020. Uh, my man, Vince McMahon, that's going to be incredible. Man, all your football, I would like it. And then what I'm hoping is some of those players can show out enough to where you can pick them up because a lot of these guys need snaps and playing time, and I think that it can provide that. So I am kind of excited about it, to be honest. Yeah, I think I might watch it just for curiosity value, see what it is, see how the gameplay is. Um you know, maybe if you know if the first you know couple weeks, and if I find it entertaining that it actually, you know, is at least decent football, um, I will. Uh, yeah, I might tune in week to week to week to watch that because I know even during the summertime I find myself watching uh, Canadian football on ESPN. So uh, I know what you mean uh, that uh, you know it's football and uh, you know see how it is and uh, you know enjoy watching it. So. Uh, that's all I got here. Um, how about uh, we kind of move forward? Uh, you know, get into the game after uh, after an announcement uh, that we have to go to. Yeah, man, we're in off season. Not too much going on before the they, they call them before the storm. Before we get to free agency and the draft, so let's dive right into this Dolphins rewind and get it going.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, uh, I know uh, going into this, uh, we had talked about it prior, and uh, we always talked about it uh, being uh, warm down there at this time of year. So my biggest headline, had, had, you know, for the game is just like Detroit beats the Heat. Uh, what they did, uh, you know, I was uh, real surprised on how they came out on firing. I know right from the kickoff, the Lions, you know, uh, they, they received the ball. You know, Dolphins won the kickoff, won the coin flip and uh, deferred. And uh, that opening drive, I thought, uh, you know, Stafford was, you know, on point and probably one of the better opening drives I, I've seen him do in the recent years. But even like this year, it was, um, he was sharp. It didn't seem like the wide receivers had to make a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, miraculous catches to keep the drive going. He seemed to be very pinpoint with it. Nice mix of run and pass. I know right from the jump was that, uh, it was a carry on, uh, run right off the edge. I want to talk about that later, but, uh, Drove down the field, you know, took advantage of uh, um, of the bye week, I think, because I think more of those plays are scripted, able to able to um, defeat the uh, Dolphins defense. Really, uh, you know, kind of slice it up. And that opening drive, you know, went down in, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. It's uh, Mike Roberts on a 15-yard uh, TD pass, you know, to go up seven nothing. You know, roughly about uh, was that you know six minutes into the game. Um, what did you, what'd you think? Did you thought did you think Stafford was really on point? You know, we thought it was kind of the same, or I thought he looked better, even in the opening drive. What did you think, Derek? Grifko, before I get to Stafford, I got to uh, – we don't want to rehash uh, the review we did during the season, but I love how you're going back to the weather again. Like, you were all over the weather before this game. I was just like, weather doesn't matter. We're better football team. We'll come in and beat them. So I love that that's how it went down here in uh, South Florida here uh, against these Dolphins. But, um, you know, I just have a few notes here before I get to Stafford too. I mean, have you – one thing I noticed is that, like you said, carry on rips off another big run to start the game. It feels like this game, Dallas, I think even had a pretty decent sized run um, in the Packer game that we talked about really early to start the game. He definitely has some juice, which is always awesome to see. So that, but uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think Stafford was uh, looking sharp, looked like he was ready to go. He's into the football game, was able to make some throws. And then like you say, um, I just have here a, a big big Mike TD, a great high-low throw. They kind of ran a very simple concept where they kind of rolled him a little bit, I think, and, or he got out of the pocket. They had a guy short and a guy a little bit deeper. Stafford took the deeper guy, and Mike Robb is wide open, able to make a nice catch for a touchdown. So uh, anytime the Lions get off to a touchdown-type start, I really feel like they do much better than when they start out real clunky and slow. Yeah, so – you know, just getting out in front, you know, putting the Dolphins in the hole early, that's big. Especially, I mean, I know we had talked about it, that the Dolphins hadn't lost a game at home yet that year. and uh, Or that even though it was early in the year, they, they looked really good at home early in the year. So going down there, first drive, marching down the field, you know, shredding that defense, going up 7 nothing, nice TD pass. That's a good way to start. And then, uh, you know, moving on, I know uh, before the game they had talked about was it, uh, it was Albert Wilson, you know, real – fast guy for uh miami does detroit have enough to defend him they he had a, the week before he had a really big game and would detroit have an answer uh-huh. to stop him it seemed like during the game they really tried to get get him the ball um he, you know he got injured later on taken out but i know one of the plays I, I really liked early on where the defense was stepping up was they tried to get elbert wilson on one of those end around and quandre Diggs read it perfectly i mean he split the uh-huh. gap dropped him from like a two-yard loss and that um it ended up, you know, really putting the Dolphins in the hole right there. I thought it was a great play by Diggs, and that's what, what he, you know, had been doing in the year, and even continued, you know, you know later on in the year to continue to do that. Um, you know, Dolphins really didn't have an answer for um, anything in the rest of that first quarter. You know, the, the Lions defense really stepped up, really looked really uh, in sync and doing what needed to be done. You know, stopping um, Drake. Because Drake's another one of those good running backs, you know, quick, shifty, and they were able to contain him in that first quarter. Yeah, I uh, I had it marked down too. I thought 
both digs and tees had some nice plays early, both tackling and some some decent coverage in this game. It's kind of like the first glimpses here. We're still only at week seven or so. So we knew that Diggs was probably going to play safety, and we had seen some glimpses of him the previous year. But these are kind of the early moments again of him coming into his own as a a guy that can fly around back there. If you call him a free or a strong, he's he's more of a uh, in that strong safety type position. But man, he flies around and makes plays and can still cover. Uh, so I love him back there. Yeah, and uh, the uh, you know Tease, you know, like you said, had a couple nice plays, and uh, you know especially Diggs, I was uh, you know very impressed with how how he played that game. You know, getting you know forcing the Dolphins, you know, kick the ball back, you know, get it back to Detroit. Detroit got it back again. Um, then going into the second quarter, you know, just a really short drive, not a whole lot to speak of, nothing like really spectacular on it, you know, came out and, uh, you know, got three points out of it, you know, 29-yard field goal by Prater. You know, seemed to be Mr. Solid once again, you know, uh, with about uh, 12 and a half left in the uh, second quarter, put the Lions up 10 nothing. So uh, made uh, the Dolphins – you know, once again, back on the heels, have to come out to do uh, something, you know, to get back in the game, which um, the Dolphins got the ball back. And what is that? Um, how do you put it? Uh, the, the, the Dolphins put a nice drive together, for lack of a better term. I mean, uh, they seem to, uh, you know, get their feet underneath them. You know, they took Detroit's first punch, but they were able to come back, you know, get their feet underneath them. I know um, during the drive, you know, our, our friend Nevin Lawson, he had a penalty that, um, kept the drive going and um on that drive it ended up leading to uh Brock Eisweiler hitting uh, Kenny Stills you know in a short pass I think this is a uh, one of those plays where uh Kenny Stills you know just you know there was a small busted coverage and he just happened to be wide open it's not like he beat anybody you know making the game 10-7 roughly about halfway through the uh through the second quarter um hold on Grifka don't just blow oh. by that because first of all it was kind of a, a corner route where he ran to the back pylon. You know, I've got some things in my notes here that Brock Osweiler is terrible, but he was halfway decent in some points Brock in this Osweiler's game. Osweiler terrible. That's just funny. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Oh, absolutely garbage. But, I mean, he, he made a couple of nice throws. This was one of those where it was good coverage, and he just threw it to the back pylon, an absolutely perfect ball to Stills. He makes the catch. He toe taps. He scores. But you totally blew by the greatest part ever. So he catches it, he toe taps, he scores, and then he absolutely obliterates the uh, the security guard in the end zone. I'm I'm sorry, the lady was about 65 years old, uh, elderly um, lady there in the end zone. I, I don't know who she's stopping if somebody runs on the field or who she's protecting from a security standpoint. But she got absolutely blown up, had to be like carted off. I mean, that was a what a probably a 20 minute delay in the game, but uh, one of the harder hits and bigger plays by Kenny Stills in his life. So he got a touchdown and his biggest hit of his career. Too. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Didn't want to bring, bring up the, uh, the uh, injury to the security lady again. Uh, I realized she was there and she, you know, she has probably a flashlight or something like that in case anybody tries to rush the field. So uh, um, yeah, so it was a uh, definitely a, a low point in the game for that lady right there, you know, having to stand there, watch the sideline, not see Kenny Stills, you know, uh, just, you know, pretty much decap, you know, not decapitated, but, you know, run into her and take her out, you know, from her post to the rest of the game. Hopefully she got hazard pay. For the- Hold on, Griffith. Like, I'm looking, I'm trying to find out where you're at in this game. I got some other notes that you blew by as well. Okay. So I'm at about um, seven and a half. Uh, was it? I jotted down, uh, touched down about seven and a half left in the second quarter. Okay. Because I took some notes in order here, and I got, like, notes here saying that, just in general, like I feel like Matt Stafford continues to get a lot of lots of balls knocked down. Like that's always frustrating for me. I know he's trying to throw through windows, but it's like he just he just keeps getting stuff knocked down, um, which is, often is like on third too, which leads to punts. So that frustrated me. Then you blew by this one. Carry on Johnson absolutely rips off what like a sixty some yard run I think down the sideline. Should have scored. He was behind the defense, and instead of just getting to the house or using his speed a little bit more. He's looking back, trying to deliver that uh, left, left cross slash stiff arm that he uses. He ends up getting caught. I, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, come on. I, like, I want to talk, about, I want to talk about the amazing carry on runs later, but um, that's okay. That's not a problem. 
Okay. Well, I'm just uh, we're working our way through this game. I don't want to miss some of these moments as we get through it. So we talked about tees with some some plays, and then this I thought this was another game where Jared Davis like. When he sees it and guesses right, man, he looked really fast, really fast, and played played well here early on in the football game, and uh, so that was good. And then you also, which I, again, I guess you're going to talk about later, which we can talk about again, but just going in order before we get to the Kenny Stills touchdown. Um, actually, this is right after the Kenny Stills touchdown, so um, you know, I guess I'll just say it since I'm talking here, but. Give me your take, Grifka, on the KJ stiff arm of Kiko. He he ran out to the left side, got to the sideline. Looks like, oh, it's going to be like an eight-yard run, whatever it was. And Kiko Alonso comes over there to try to deal with number 33. And Carrion just stiff arms him. He puts him in the ground. <laughs> he just absolutely, just absolutely like took his face and just choke slammed him into the ground before the run was over. I thought that was incredible. I think that one rank angry yeah, I was, uh, runs for uh, good morning football. Yeah, was this incredible. Is, like, like you said, I do want to talk about this one later, but this was going to be my next point after the Kenny stills touchdown. This is, this was going to be the play okay. that I was, I was going to go right to because this was probably be like my most favorite play of the game, mainly because during the whole, you know, first part of the game and don't get me wrong. I like Mark Schlereth a lot. I think he's a good commentary he does good commentary. I thought I thought he does a pretty good color guy, but he this guy was just in love with Kiko Alonso. You know, talking about how he's all over the field. He doesn't get enough pub. He's great. <laughs> that just is like and the man love that Schlereth was putting out for Kiko Alonso was amazing. And um, and then this play happened on the screen, and he just he just like grabbed him and threw him to the ground. And I laughed. It's like when, I remember watching the game. I actually jumped up out of my chair and like threw a fist up i'm like thank you and then afterward they, they're showing the replay and schlereth is just like and kiko alonzo makes a great tackle and i'm like great tackle i mean he he got he got plowed over i mean it was just i mean that was a lawnmower going over somebody's grass it was just boom he just went right over him and then he's like trying to talk how he made the tackle well, like, i guess he got in his way and eventually fell down afterwards but he threw him to the ground <laughs> and, and so just hearing all the man love for Kiko Alonso and like, you know, carrying on Johnson's like, yeah, I got something for you. Yeah. Boom. It's like, here, hold my fago. I'm going to take you out. You know, that's, that's what I, I find amazing. But uh, he's trying to be the big tough guy. So seeing carry on, put him, put him face uh, or take his face and put him straight on his back was tremendous. Yeah. He punched him in the face and he took his candy and walked away. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I did that one just for you. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a classic. No doubt. But yeah, I was I, that 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 was my next one. I, I was going to go to that, but that was part of a nice nice drive, is what it was. And um, you know, it kept going. And uh, once again, Stafford, I thought he looked, you know, at that point he looked, uh, um, like you said, he, he was getting some passes knocked down. The Dolphins were you know getting to him and um, you know getting their hands up, knocking down his passes. But still, they were able to you know drive down the field. And uh, late in the second quarter, it. Uh, there's once again on the goal line and LeGarrette Blunt goes in for like the two yard gain, the two yard touchdown, you know, making the score 17, seven at halftime. And, um, to be honest with you at this point, I really, uh, I, I really thought that, um, this game, you know, was going to be a runaway and, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, the, the, and, you know, it seemed like the lines were hitting on all cylinders at this point. And, um, and it's like, at this point, I'm like, gosh, these guys, they're crushing these guys. And like you said, you know, couple seconds ago you Brock Osweiler's terrible he wasn't looking good at all the Lions were doing a great job on defense we, you know holding them um, was it um uh Kenyon Drake keeping him in check and um and Albert Wilson he wasn't you know for all of his speed that they talked about the you know prior the Lions put a nice game plan together to hold him in check um and what's at this point in the game what what were you thinking Oh, I mean, uh, again, it was, I was just remember watching it going like, oh, Grifka was so worried about the weather. He thought like Miami was so good. And like you said that off the top about how, oh man, look at their record. Look at their home record. It's the Miami Dolphins, man, with Brock Osweiler at quarterback. They have like a half decent running back, a mid-level defense, and maybe one skill guy that gives you any type of worry. So you know, I was not worried about this game. I loved that the team came out hot. We had talked early on in the season and throughout the season of these guys have to start better, you know, they have to play better. So to have them come out and do that was encouraging. And then I think where you're at in the game right now is, uh, you know, we end up getting kind of like a short tee to 
Laguerre Blunt ends up being 17-7 at the half. You know, to me, that's a good half on the road. You got to be excited about that. Yeah, we still got some time to play, but, uh, you know, I just feel like the Lions are playing good. They're running the football decent. They're throwing it well. Kenny G was basically non-existent, I think, in this game, but they were able to move it other ways with other guys. So it was good stuff from our team. Yeah, and um, like you said, like Kenny G for what he had been done, and I know I remember talking about the game prior. You thought he, you know, we'd have another big game, but they were hitting other guys. I think defenses were starting to like try to take Kenny G out of it, leaving other guys open at point. I know Golden Tate had a couple catches in there. Marvin Jones, same thing. Um, was it? Carry uh, um, on Johnson, good game. Legarrette Blunt, once again, I, I said it before. Second, he just seemed slow in plotting. He just any quickness he had, it just didn't seem to be there. Offensive line was holding holding up pretty well, and yeah, like you said, you know. Yeah, I was worried about the heat. I mean, they they didn't have the guy standing on the sidelines with the uh, with the tarps over the side. You know, the guy sitting on the bench to uh, you know just for show. I mean, trying to keep that shade on them. So uh, that uh, I, I even like I said, hats off to those guys who had to stand there and work their shoulders all game doing that. So I think that I think that had to do a lot of it, a lot with it as well. So. Yeah, I mean, you did hit on Osweiler. I said he was terrible, and you said he was not playing well. I'm looking at his numbers now. 239 and two TDs, basically the same type of game that Stafford had. And uh, the big difference, I mean, I know we've already talked about him, but 19 carries, 158 yards for uh, on Johnson. Didn't find the end zone, but uh, that's a, a huge part of this game, which I know we've talked about um, as we're working our way through it, but he was huge. Yeah. And then, uh, well, let's, let's move on to the uh, the second half here. Uh, once again, uh, uh, Miami got the ball first, and uh, it didn't, didn't seem like they made like uh, a whole lot of adjustments. And uh, you know, going into the uh, in, into that uh, quarter, uh, uh, once again, the Lions' defense came out. You know, played pretty stiff, and uh, Lions were able to get the ball back relatively quickly. And um, they put together a nice drive, and. Um, with, uh, the worst part, which kind of made me shudder and like shake my head when it happened, and even rewatching the game, was uh, the Ragnall penalty that uh, that negated the the uh, Kenny Boy touchdown. You know, uh, that was one of those things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right, they're playing Miami, things like that, and they, you know, ultimately they end up settling for a field goal and go up twenty to seven in the game, with um, relatively about eight and a half minutes left in the quarter. But uh, like you said, against Miami, you know. I, you know, against some better competition, those penalties can be killers. And, um, you know, just you know, just shook my head, you know, that uh, Kenny TD, you know, was negated because it was, it was a nice it was a nice touchdown. And uh, having to settle for the field goal and take the points. Um, what did you think about that? You know, uh, wiping that uh, TD off the board and ultimately only settling for three points. Yeah, man, it's frustrating just because, you know, we talked about it in the Packer rewind that uh, Kenny got a huge touchdown taken away in that game. I want to say that was on Ragnow, too, for like a hands to the face or some kind of questionable type call that they had on that play. So, I mean, this guy had a great year, over a thousand yards, made plays and had two or three touchdowns throughout the year taken off the board. So always disconcerting. I mean, I always think the NFL is way too crazy with their penalties. You know, everything's getting way too ticky tack now. Um, so it, it was a tough moment in the game, but like you say, they were able to overcome and kind of keep putting up points and get through it. So that was good. Yeah. And then, uh, so they're up 27 once again, you know, in, in my thought process, oh man, they're just, they're just running away with this, man. They're just marching up and down the field. And then right after that, you know, uh, the, uh, Dolphins show a little bit of a little bit of a fight. Um, I know you had talked about the guy prior to the game, you know, Kenyon Drake, guys fast. They had held him in check mostly up to this point, but right after that, he just busted off a 54-yard TD run, and he was he was pulling away, you know, from that defense. You know, it's not like he had to, you know, break a whole lot of tackles. He was just running away from these guys. I mean, that was a nice run by Drake. I mean, off the hand it to him. I mean, that was that was a great run. Pulled the Dolphins within, you know, within uh, six points. I was a uh, you know, starting to get a little worried there. You know, I'm like, oh, Jazz, you know, please don't, don't let this happen. Come on, you know, you guys have been dominating all game. And it seemed like one, you know, long run that, uh, you know, the Dolphins were right back in that game. Um, I, I mean, I will hand it to you, though. I mean, you were uh, you were on uh, Kenyon Drake, but, you know, probably when we talked about the game originally, you know, before the game even happened, saying how you had to really watch out for this guy. And uh, that, that guy can motor. 
I mean, uh, what, and, and did you see anything on that defense? It just looked like the offensive line created a massive hole. There might have been a breakdown in the back defensive backfield, missing a gap. But it's not like you really had to, you know, Drake had to break any tackles. It was just the hole was there. He hit it and he was gone. Uh, what did you think about that play? Yeah, I mean, I just want to make this point quickly because, uh, you know, we had the big Golden Tate argument about how uh, important he was. And then as we've been doing these rewinds, I said, man, Golden Tate early on in the year, he was good. He's making little catches and putting up some good stats, scoring touchdowns. Um, before they kicked that field goal, I think it was after the Kenny G uh, taken away or whatever, Stafford threw a great ball to uh, Golden Tate, kind of uh, had him out open in a flare route, absolutely drops the football. I thought that was something worthy of note. That was pretty much a walk-in touchdown if he catches it and falls backwards and he put it on the turf. So we got to got to nick your boy GT for that one, Grifka. But when you're talking about this Drake touchdown, like I have here um, just a simple run. I feel like uh, Deshaun Hand, I think, was the guy inside there. He tried to go get Kenyon Drake, and they had a, a guy come and just absolutely seal him, just a great block that kind of just took him out of the play. And, and after that, this guy is off to the left sideline. He, he shows off his speed, and this was that game where we talked about it. Man, this is where GT uh, – I mean, not GT, Glover looked uh, looked not like himself. I mean, he took a bad – he kind of had a good angle, and but Drake, all he did was give him a half a shimmy, and he kind of stopped his feet. And then Drake just absolutely ran away from him, made him look like he was stuck in mud. So, um, you know, first kind of sign or another sign early mid-year here that – you know, our boy Glover Quinn just wasn't the same as we were used to seeing from him. He usually always would get that guy to the ground or at least get him out of bounds. He couldn't do either. Kenyon Drake scores a big touchdown to get the Dolphins back in this game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on uh, Glover. I mean, uh, just by watching that, uh, one of those guys that just looks like uh, age just kind of hit him. You know, uh, it wasn't a slow deterioration. It was just like, wow, what happened to this guy? You know, uh, he was making plays last year. He just, he just seemed like, like you said, a step, stepping and a half too slow. And uh, he wasn't as, uh, you know, wasn't there, you know, breaking up stuff and, you know, in on, you know, making the tackles like he had been in the past. So, um, but yeah, I can, uh, I know exactly what you're saying there. I, I totally agree with you. And then, but then, uh, so right after that, once again, uh, Lions, you know, they're only up six, you know, and uh, but still, then they get the ball back. And I thought on the next drive, it was one of those drives how we, we had talked in a prior show, you know, recapping games that they went into one of those, um, you know, it, it was a quicker drive. I mean, I think this play well, was only five, six, five or six plays on this one. And they ended up, um, you know, uh, Roberts, you know, Roberts hitting a four yard touchdown pass. But uh, a big thing was what uh, on that drive was, I believe Miami had a uh, pass interference on the drive, which uh, allowed to keep the drive going, you know, allowed them to get some yards. It just like, wasn't one of those short ones. So it did, uh, it did help the drive, but um, once again, uh, lines were able to respond, you know, only being up six, they were able to go down and, uh, you know, get the, t- get the uh, four yard TD pass to Roberts, the second one of the game. And that's, uh, you know, you said you wish you saw more out of Roberts and uh, he showed up and his big hands made some nice catches there. Now, um, the one thing I, I do want to question, though, was uh, I know it didn't ultimately didn't matter in the end was the uh, was a two point conversion try right there, and I know every coach has a sheet saying you no, know, you should try to you know do two points at the, at this point in the game or at this you know instance. Um, were you okay with the two points there in the third quarter? It, uh, to me, it seemed like they might have been chasing points a little early. It seems like it's one of those things I usually kind of wait uh, myself. I th- I always think the fourth quarter might be a little better chance to go for the two-point conversion to go up by a couple scores. But um, what did you think? I mean, do you think it really mattered at that point with roughly three minutes left in the third quarter? I mean, how did you feel about the two-point conversion try? Well, I definitely want to talk first about the the big Mike touchdown. You kind of ran it through, which was good. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm really curious more so than talking about the play itself. This was a second touchdown. I think he ended up with 40-some yards, two touchdowns, kind of a – a middle of the day for yardage for a tight end, but anytime you can get two two TDs from that position is great. I'm just so curious on what he will and can be this year. I know when me and you were at training camp, it was kind of like, man, this guy's scoring tons of red zone touchdowns, but he's also super lazy and kind of just, you know, looked like a plotting kind of pedigree type where he's big, 
He's got the long arms. He's got all the things you look for, but he just not very smooth when it comes to some elements of the game, whether it be his hustle, his catching of the football, things like that. But like you said, I loved him in the draft process. I think we got him at a good value. So I am just so curious to see what Big Mike, does he get pushed down the draft um, or down the roster where he's, yeah, he's here, but he's only a, a positional type, you know, plug-in type player, or do they say, hey, between Big Mike and bringing in another option at tight end, we might have two tight ends that can be impactful and can kind of give us different things. You know, if they get a pass catcher and Big Mike sort of like in the middle, and then they get a still have a good blocker like your boy told Toy Lolo, like that's kind of the mix I think they're looking for at tight ends. But I was calling Big Mike. I wanted to see big things. You had said before this game that, hey, you agreed with me that uh, he's going to score touchdowns and be a red zone factor. He was in this game, so that was great to see. They always talk about this chart that the coaches have of like when you should go for two. You know, we have no idea what's on this chart or what it looks like. It's like the trade chart. Everybody references that. I remember I found a website recently that has like the trade value chart. Actually really use it properly. It's just a bunch of you know, numbers and algorithms and all this stuff. I mean, to me, trading is just, you know, a fuel thing and a a value type thing. So you're probably thinking, I'm going to say it's the same thing with two points. Like you just feel the game. Do you chase, like, this is where I think you use whatever this chart is. Like if it tells you to go for two, you don't overthink it. And you just go by this chart because, you know, it does probably have the rules and regs of what worked in the past, what scores make sense to go for it. I would just use whatever the chart says in a second, third quarter, or the end of the game. I say you do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I see your point. Once again, I just, I don't know. Um, I always, I always hear people like in the first and second quarter, it's like, Hey, if you get a chance to go for two, you should do it. And, um, uh, myself, I mean, I, I see why it would have done it would have put them up by two scores, maybe even a little harder, but, uh, that's one of those things where, I don't know, I just, me being a little more conservative with it, I just always kind of, a, a, you know, like to wait till the fourth quarter to chase those points. But it's okay. I mean, it ended up not really mattering in the end anyways. But but real quick, and like chasing points to me is like you're up, you know, a certain amount and a two point doesn't really make a difference. When we look at the score now, like you just said, if it's going to put you up 16, two scores, whatever it may be, and yeah, to me, that's not chasing points. That's trying to go up what you should go up, which you should try to go up two scores, kicking a field goal and saying, I don't want to chase points. I'll get it later. I mean, there's no point. Like you want to go up the, the two possessions, two scores, whatever it is. Um, so I think there's a difference between that phrase chasing points just because you're doing it earlier versus, uh, yeah, it makes a big difference if you're up 16 or you're up 14, you know, Um that does make a difference at the end of the game when you're talking two points, putting the pressure on the other team to not only score twice, but do two, two, two points. I think that is a difference in the game. So like I said, interesting coaching tactics types things, but Hey man, go by that chart, get two when you think you can get two based on it. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, let's uh, move on here. Uh, once again, uh, nothing too much happened in the rest of the third going into the fourth start of the fourth. We are looking at a, um, you know, a 26-14 game, quarter left. Uh, they're up by 12. And uh, like I said, uh, I'll keep bringing it up. It doesn't seem like the heat has been affecting them too much. But uh, I have seen teams other than the Lions, you know, wilt in that fourth quarter heat in either, you know, <laughs> Southern California, Texas, South Florida. So, uh, you know, once again, I was still I was happy with the way they were playing. But uh, still a little... Uh, you know, a tentative, you know, I you know, didn't think the game was in the bag. You know, uh, the Dolphins were showing some fight. But um, then uh, – So, Grifka, I hate to cut you off right there, but I had to go on Twitter today and explain the Grifka bell to the people, which we hit the Grifka bell when you agree with me, when you talk about your NFL conspiracies, when you reference a previous podcast, all that good stuff that you do. So, before you keep on with your question, I, I got to wonder, you talked about the heat. What happens, Grifko, when an East Coast team goes west? Oh, for that four o'clock start? Oh yeah, that's it's a body clock, man. That's a long flight, man. Even if you get out there Friday, Saturday, that's that's a long that's a long flight. It's you know, so your body clock's off. You're used to playing football at one o'clock on Sundays, and you got to play at four o'clock when that team's playing at one o'clock. Their body's at one o'clock, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a not an easy thing to do. Same thing when uh, those West Coast teams have to come east and play that one o'clock start. 
Same thing, man. Right. I mean, it's a- so it's a it's a time thing, but also you're talking about all this heat. Like, man, when the Lions go out west, it's just got to be an automatic loss, right? Because the the heat, the body clock. I mean, for you, it's just an automatic loss. It's a it's 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 a couple of things that make it harder to overcome. I mean. I'm not saying I'm not calling it. I mean, if you go to like Seattle or like, you know, San Francisco or Oakland, I mean, Northern California's climate is not like Southern California where you had where they used to play in San Diego or your, you know, Los Angeles. I mean, it gets hot down even in Arizona, but the old Arizona when they used to, you, used to, you have to play in Tempe. I mean, when you're out there playing that, I mean, now they're playing the, the dome and uh, it's all, uh, you know, obviously air conditioned. It's uh, the, the regulated temperature, so it's not as bad going there. But even going down to, you know, Texas, you know, playing in uh, Dallas and I mean, Houston plays in a dome, but still it gets hot down there. And uh, but, you know, southern southern Florida, you know, Miami and Tampa Bay. I mean, those guys, those guys are sweating buckets, man. So uh takes a lot of energy out of you to go down there and play in that heat and okay 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 it's like 50 55 degree weather you know you're going down to play like 80 85 degree weather with you know high humidity that's a tough thing to do grifka this is where you're supposed to just do your catchphrase and then we we're going to move on but you're making such a big deal about the heat everybody that's listening to the kool-aid cast is going to know that grifka is going to look for anything that might be an impact for the lions uh, the weather's too much, the travel's too much, the this, the that. I always just look, are we a better football team or not than the other team? Yeah, but it, I mean, records are about uh, West Coast team, East. It's all about what you do on that Sunday. So that's all I wanted to get in was a couple Grifka bells and show the people that you have all these weird things that you think about rather than like, are we better than the Dolphins? Yes, and we just go down there and beat them. <laughs> Oh, okay, I just I, I think I think it does play into it, but uh, that that's just me. So uh, here we go. We'll go into the fourth quarter. Lions get the ball back. You know, per, pretty early in the fourth, put together a, uh, a you know you know a shorter drive. Um, you know what's that? I think you know what's a, about a three four minute you know drive and end up coming away with a uh, um a short uh, chip shot Matt Prater field goal going up twenty nine fourteen, and then um. But then uh, right after that, um, the Dolphins, you know, they do their last stand. Um, once again, like you said, Brock Eisler, he's not that great. Um, he comes down. They put they put they put a nice drive together. They do. I mean, I, I will admit. Thank you. I mean, Brock Brock Eisler did orchestrate a nice drive. Um, it was it was is a longer one too, if I remember correctly. Um, I think I went back and checked and uh, looked at it. It's roughly about a four minute drive because. Uh, yeah, I jotted this down. Six minutes, uh, six minutes left in the the fourth quarter. Danny and Amendola catches a twenty four yard touchdown pass uh, with the uh, extra point and bring the bring the score to twenty nine twenty one. Let's see. There's six minutes left in the game. Miami's down by eight. They're showing some fight. Um, the crowd, even though it uh, it wasn't a, you know a packed house. By the way, I looked at me. It was still a nice sized crowd in the heat. Started to get a little raucous. Um, were you worried at any point, or did you still think that uh, Lions had this one wrapped up? Uh, I thought it was a great throw by Osweiler, just an absolutely dime. Great catch by Amendola. So, I mean, it was a good play by them. I mean, yeah, it's getting a bit closer, but I feel like we just played really well. It was going to be really tough for Osweiler to put another drive like that together, another throw. So, I felt good yeah, about it. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, exactly. It was just, but, you know, it was one of those things, just, it was like one of those things seemed like the Lions been dominating all game. And yeah, it was close, but it still didn't seem like the game was that close. Even though it was within eight, it's, it's one uh, you know one possession with the two point conversion. It just seemed like ultimately the Lions were going to win this thing. It seemed like the you know everything to be seemed to be going their way. Everything was on their side, so they did get the ball back, obviously. And then um, was it uh, during the play? Uh, I thought uh, Golden Tate you know caught a nice short pass and uh, had a nice catch and run right, right around the uh, the four minute mark in in the game. And um, that helped uh, with the uh, keep the drive alive. Um, that was, I know we had a debate about Golden Tate. And even when I go back, it's like that stuff is things I miss about, missed when Golden Tate left the team, when, you know, when he was traded away. And that was one of those, one of those things where him and Stafford seemed to have that connection where it was short, nice catch, nice run, you know, a little shifty, you know, picked up some good yards there. Um, I, I know ultimately we've had discussion. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, that, was, that was one of those things where, uh, Golden Tate. That's that's what he did for the team when he was on there. But uh, along with that, the Dolphins did have a uh, another pass interference. It seemed like their defensive backs were a little grabby, you know, um, and that helped. I know, I believe during the game they said it might have been not as bad or as 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 what uh, they thought. 
you know, it could have been a no call, but uh, still, I will take that any day of the week. That uh, any penalty that helps the Lions. So uh, it uh, the lead down. They had the ball a long time. They get uh, ultimately with uh, relatively uh, just short of uh, two minutes left. After two minutes, Prater bombs a 50-yard field goal. You know, putting the game at 32-21, which um, pretty much put the game away at this point. I thought so. Uh, uh, what were, any thoughts on that final drive leading to the final scores? Uh, nothing too much. I just thought it was nice that, yeah, the game got close. We ended up putting a drive together. Absolutely huge field goal by Matt Prater. Um, 50-plus yarder with only two minutes left. Put it up two scores was big. That's clutch by our, our field goal kicker. You got to love that. Putting Osweiler, uh, you know, reminding him that he's Brock Osweiler and ending the football game. So I like uh, I like how they ended it with a little answer. You know, they didn't come down and get a touchdown, got what they needed to, which was a big field goal. Yeah, I mean, 50-yard field goal, you know, putting it away. I mean, that's what uh, Matt Prater does. Like you said, I think uh, we always kind of give uh, Matt Prater that uh, current blanche. He seems like he's always going to make make those field goals <clears throat> no matter what. And it seems like every once in a while, it seems like the line's like, oh, we're within his field goal range. We'll, we'll settle for that. But still, bombing a 50-yarder on grass down in Miami. And, uh, yeah, I would take that. And, uh, and yeah, 32-21 was the final score, but – it still didn't seem like even that final score, the game was that close. Um, it seemed like the Lions really dominated this one from start to finish. Yeah, they had a long touchdown run from uh, you know Kenyon Drake in, in the third quarter, and then that uh, long um, that long drive, you know, midway through the fourth, that uh, really kept them in the game. But uh, I really thought that the Lions, you know, pretty much dominated this one from start to finish. Um, it showed like one of those things like. You know, showed like one of those glimpses what the Lions could be, what we're hoping them to be. You know, hoping them to be go on the road. You know, um, you know, in, in the middle of the year, a game where uh, you know people were questioning, you know, uh, you know how good would they be on the road? Yeah, they had beat the Patriots at home, they beat the Packers at home. You know, can they go do something on the road? So, winning this game to me was was pretty pretty big. Yep, I agree. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, cool. Um... See, uh, I have nothing else really to talk about the game. I do have a couple things I wanted to touch base, though. Uh, um, and I know I got into it. And you, you know, when you started to break down the the, the carry on uh, Johnson uh, touches, but I think <clears throat> the the three biggest plays in the game that really show what the Lions have in him. I mean, yeah, we've seen him. You know, he's shifty, he's quick, he hits the hole pretty hard, but still, what this guy has, what this guy can bring to the table for the team. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I don't believe he's an, he's an Adrian Peterson type running back. You know that you know going to be the bell cow is going to get the ball. You know thirty times a game, something like that. But th- the first play, you know, or that play right off the you know, first drive, off the edge, showing his quickness. It doesn't seem like the Lions have had a running back like that. You know, since Javid Best, Javid Best had those quicks, but still, it seems like you know it was one of those things you're always kind of worried about the hit. You know, giving him another concussion, which ultimately ended Javid Best's career. But still. They haven't had somebody that quick, you know, since Javid Best. I believe Javid Best was a little faster. But still, you know, Carrion Johnson's able to see the field and, you know, hit, he hit that corner, that edge really hard. And then the, the next one is that um, in the second quarter, you, you brought it up, where he almost housed that one. It was pretty much between the guard tackle. The hole was there. He, he didn't, He didn't. you know, you know, stutter step, nothing. He got the ball. The hole was there. He hit it and he was gone. You know, and the only reason he got caught is the defensive back did the right thing. You know, once a guy breaks, the defensive back is taught, you know, just turn and run to the sideline, you know, take away the pursuit angle. And he almost he almost outran the pursuit angle, but um, the, the Miami defender was able to make the tackle. And then the third one, showing his power on the run, on that screen pass, he juked a couple guys. And then, you know, Kiko Alonso trying to show that he's like big man. He just carry on Johnson, just put him to the turf. You know, that's that's showing his quickness, his vision, and his power on those three plays. The Lions have, ha- have not had a back like that in as long as I can remember. I mean, 
what do you think about it? I, I've read something that's just like best running back lines fat since Barry Sanders. I, I just read that headline today. Are you in agreement with that? Well, I think you brought up, you know, a lot of good elements from this game that kind of show that. I think that I've been on his side. You know, I knew about him coming into the draft process. You couldn't doubt the production. You know, you couldn't doubt that he played in the SEC's SEC player of the year. And I did like sort of where the Lions got him. I just didn't like the trade up because they didn't have many resources. So that was my big thing. If people want to go back and listen to the day after that draft, what I had to say about it, I said, you know, best case scenario is carry on to stud, but we still gave up, I think a third rounder to move up a few spots to get him. Now that he's played, I think, you know, I was pretty early to say this guy has burst. He can catch. He looks like an NFL running back in uniform. There's just so much to like about this guy. He's 21 years old. Like, that's just crazy young to get a a running back that can do it all. It's what we've been looking for. We've been taking all these scat backs. I mean, this is a guy that can bang. He can run away from you. He can catch the screen and make plays. So, you know, in the world of Grifka, he's got more work to do to show us that he can do it over a prolonged period. But if you go back to his high school and his college days and now look what he's doing in the pros, I think it's pretty clear that this guy is going to be a good, solid running back with big upside, and then it'll be up to him in the next two years, I'd say, if he's going to be in that top 10 of running backs or if he's going to be in that middle tier, um, you know, the 15 range. But I think he's got top 10, top 8 potential, but, you know, just got to let it see. He can't be hurt all the time, and they got to get him the football. See what this guy can really do if you get it to him. 25 times a game, you know, uh, to throw the ball to him and make him a feature back. That's what I want to see. Yeah, it's just the, that's just that I don't know when today's NFL, if they're going to do that, though. I mean, if it's a mix between, I guess, you know, getting him out of the backfield on, you know, wheel routes or out in the flat, you know, get him a pass or I, I don't know if they're going to do the 25, you know, handoffs a game, you know, with a few passes out of the backfield. It just seems like in today's NFL, it seems like teams are, are not willing to do that. You know, either they think it's going to, you know, grind down the running back too too much during the year. But if they can get him 25 touches during the game, you know, that that is something I would definitely like to see as well. You know, and then, you know, maybe get like, like a power back, you know, for, you know, short yardage, you know, something like that goal line type thing. It seems like what the line's been doing all year, you know, with like LeGarrette Blunt. But, uh, you know, getting him 25 touches – you know, either, you know, between the run and the pass game. Um, I just I just don't think the Lions are going to do 25 carries and then, you know, a few pass plays, you know, you know, five, six, seven pass plays on top of that. So, but I would like to see that as well, as, as, as you said. I would like to see uh, him to continue to grow and uh, be, uh, could be, like you said, the best running back on this team since, uh, like I said, uh, since Barry Sanders. So he's not Barry Sanders. He's not even the same, you know, in the same league with him right now, but uh, Barry Sanders was great, you know. And, and Kerryon Johnson, like I said, I, I, like I said, still has a little bit of work to do, but he's definitely on the track to be something special on this team. All right, but Griff, I got to jump back in real quick because, like, one of my problems with you, and the reason we always get in our big arguments, because you're just looking at what happened, like right now in front of your face like you saw what he did. Now you're we're doing the Kool Aid rewinds. So you're kind of getting to see this guy again and say wow, he was pretty dynamic. He he was better. So you're like coming around more and more because you've seen him do it throughout the year when he was healthy. And now you're seeing it again on, on the rewinds. My thing is you got to project him forward. We have this new coordinator that's going to put more emphasis on the run game. LeGarrette Blunt is not going to be here. Even if they bring in another player to kind of spell this guy, you know, it's pretty dang clear that he's going to be the feature back in Detroit and that this regime wants to feature him and wants to feature the run game. So I don't think you need a short yardage back. Carry on's your short yardage back. Even if you get a running back that can catch the football, carry on Johnson can catch the dang football. I could see him catching, you know, 50 plus passes next year, along with a lot of rushing yards. He's that kind of football player. So don't just look at what he did this year. Look at what he's coming into next year, what the roster is going to look like. He is going to be, as Ric Flair would say, the man. Woo! And I can't wait to see it, man. I absolutely can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, just got uh, one other one other point I want to, want to talk about from this game. I think this is one of 
you know, I thought Stafford, like you said, he did have a few passes knocked down, and he, he did miss a couple throws here and there, and, you know, Golden Tate did drop that pass. But I thought he looked pretty sharp, and he seemed to have that swag. I don't know if it was just the practice time from having the week off, you know, being regenerated, you know, being rejuvenated with the week off, having a little extra rest. But, um, you know, it seemed, he just seemed to have that swag back to him, that stuff that he had in the past that we always kind of – that we're wishing for him to, to come back. I know games like this can, you know, help lead that to you, but do you think this is one of those things where his success leads to the swag, his swag attitude, or he needs that swag to lead to the success? Oh, man, my stuff with Matt Stafford, this is crazy because I'm such a big proponent. I love that his the way he throws the football. I love the moxie that he used to have. I love the intelligence I think he does have to be able to lead a team. He's played quarterback his entire life at a high level. Like, he was born basically to play quarterback. The thing I don't like about him is I feel like Matt Stafford, for some reason, everything – sort of bugs him like he'll fall down and he'll have like a little bruise on his hip he's got to be limping around the whole rest of the game everyone's like look at how tough he is I want him to like not be limping or not be um impacted by that or a a little um injury to his finger or hey I got a glove on I don't have a glove on all this stuff seems to like always come into his game where I just need him to get past all that little stuff throw touchdowns, make plays, and do what he used to do, which was celebrate big after touchdowns, you know, sling the ball around. Hey, you get a couple interceptions here or there. Like, go make more plays uh, than the interceptions, and we're all going to be good with it. So I think the swag comes from, like, everything going right, his guys making plays, him getting pr- protected, everything sort of going well. And I just need to have have him have that. At all times, don't wait till the fourth quarter to do it. Do it in the first quarter. Do it when, hey, your finger or hand might be a little banged up. Your leg might not be feeling the best. Go out there and show your team that you're the leader. You can make plays, and you're ready to have some fun when you're scoring touchdowns and putting up points. I mean, that's what we need him to do. He's a fifth highest player, I think, in the NFL paid. He needs to play like it. He needs to act like it. I love the guy. I'm still happy he's the Lions quarterback, and I hope he he puts another year together. He'll be here for the next three to five years at a high level and leading our team, if not longer. But the swag has to be there all the time, the energy, the mojo. Everybody looks to the quarterback, and uh, he can't have little things bugging him all the time or like, hey, I'm going to wait till the fourth quarter to lead our team. It's got to be four quarters, every practice, every offseason, everything. And uh, this is a big year for that guy, no doubt about it. Well, that's all I got. I don't have any questions or anything for you. I mean, just a couple of nice discussion points. Once again, thought it was just a nice, nice win, nice important win for the Lions. Show what they can do coming off the bye week, going on the road, and you know, hostile environment, hot hostile environment, coming out with a big win, showing what the defense can do, showing what the offense is capable of. So uh, that's all I got for this week for this recap of the Miami game. Do you have anything else before we get out of here, Derek? I'm good. Grifka was a heck of a Kool-Aid rewind. I mean, to me, other than the Patriots game, I think this is probably the second best football game of the year for the Lions. Carry on Johnson's coming out party, 158 yards. Um, like you said, Stafford played good. This is the team that we got excited about. They're back to three and three. Um, this is when we thought they were going to like turn that corner and, and maybe make a run. You know, we're going to do some more rewinds and see that, the season goes south due to injury and due to a lot of other things, but it's a heck of a football game. Nobody cares about the weather, Grifka. Nobody cares about the travel. We're a better team. We showed it. We played great. I absolutely loved it. Go ahead and get out of here for this rewind, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. So Thank you so much for checking out the Kool-Aid cast. Um, we're going to see if we can get that mock draft for you, uh, probably coming out over the weekend, so keep an eye on that. If not, uh, we got some more things heading next week to be excited about. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the Kool-Aid cast each and every week, everybody. You got anything else for the people, Grifka, so I can hit the bell? Nope. Hey, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. It's unbelievable. Back to back. Start to play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.